The Lord spoke to Moses in the tent of meeting in the desert of Sinai on the first day of the second month of the second year after the Israelites came out of Egypt. He said, Take a census of the whole Israelite community by their clans and families, listing every man by name, one by one. You and Aaron are to number by their divisions all the men in Israel, 20 years old or more, who are able to serve in the army. One man from each tribe, each the head of his family, is to help you. These are the names of the men who are to assist you. From Reuben, Eliza, son of Shidur. From Simeon, Shelumiel, son of Zurishadai. From Judah, Nashon, son of Aminadab. From Ishakar, Nethanel, son of Zur. From Zebulon, Eliab, son of Helon. From the sons of Joseph, from Ephraim, Elishama, son of Amibad. From Manasseh, Gamaliel, son of Pedusa. From Benjamin, Abidan, son of Gideoni. From Dan, Ahiza, son of Amishadai. From Asher, Pajel, son of Okran. From Gad, Eliasaph, son of Jewel. And from Naphtali, Ahirai, son of Enan. These were the men appointed from the community, the leaders of their ancestral tribes. They were the heads of the clans of Israel. Moses and Aaron took these men, whose names had been given, and they called the whole community together on the first day of the second month. The people indicated their ancestry by their clans and families, and the men, 20 years old or more, were listed by name, one by one, as the Lord commanded Moses. And so he counted them in the desert of Sinai. This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray. Oh, Heavenly Father, thank you that you guide us in truth and with grace through your word. And as we look at it now, pray that you would give us a bigger vision of yourself and that you would turn our hearts, our minds, our whole beings afresh to you. That your name would be glorified in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. So uh, this morning, we're beginning a new sermon series on the book of Numbers, which tells us about the 40-year journey of the Israelites from leaving slavery in Egypt to entering the promised land of Canaan. This series will take us through Lent until the Sunday uh, before Palm Sunday, uh, Passion Sunday, So as we look at the 40 years Moses and the Israelites spent in the wilderness, the series will also be an opportunity to reflect on the 40 days Jesus spent in the wilderness. And that's not a coincidence uh, that Jesus spent 40 days in the wilderness. And it will help us to think about what it means for each of us 
to live our lives in and through and by God's grace. In times when we feel close to God and times when we feel far away from God. In times when we're hopeful and times when we're fearful. When we're together on a Sunday and also in our Monday to Saturday lives. So that's the journey we're going to go on uh, through numbers and through Lent, discovering God's grace afresh. Now, if you were wondering why the book of Numbers is called the book of Numbers, if you had the Bible open as Alan was reading us and uh, looked a little bit further ahead, you might have seen the answer. There's a lot of numbers in the book of Numbers. There are two censuses uh, taken here in chapter one. You probably will find it helpful if you're able to have it up on your phone or open uh, in front of you. It's page 133. There are two censuses in the book of Numbers. Here in chapter one, a census is taken of all the men of fighting age available to Moses as they leave Egypt for the promised land. Uh, They're camped at Mount Sinai, uh, receiving instructions for the journey at this point. And then a second census is taken in chapter 26. And this is of those who will enter the promised land. And only two of those who left Egypt will enter the promised land. Even Moses didn't get to enter the promised land. And we'll be thinking more about this as we go through the series and look at how a journey that should have taken 11 days became a journey of 40 years. So uh, given numbers and journeying uh, are key themes, I thought I'd just pause at this point and see what your number skills are like with a journey-themed number problem. Is that okay? What's your maths like? We're going to find out. Uh, So what I'd like you to do is imagine that you're a bus driver. Uh, Perhaps you're driving the 72 from Chelmsley Wood uh, to Solihull. Whoever gets on the 72. Anyone here? Yeah? So imagine you're a bus driver, Chelmsley Wood uh, to Solihull. And you start in Chelmsley Wood uh, and five people get on the bus there. Uh, Then you drive for a little while and you arrive at Marston Green. I think that's next. Uh, And one person gets off and three people get on. Uh, One adult and two children. That's the three people uh, that get on. Uh, Then a little bit more of the journey and you arrive in Sheldon. I think that's what comes after Marston Green. And four people get off and seven people get on. And then next up, it's uh, Hobbs Meadow by St. Mary's Hobbs Moat. And three people get off. That's the one adult and the two children that got on, I think, in Marston Green. Um, And one person gets on. Nobody gets off or on at Land Rover. And then you arrive into Solihull. Wasn't that a quick uh, bus journey? So what colour jumper is the bus driver wearing? Blue. Why is the bus driver wearing blue, Rob? Any, anyone else? Jamie said black. Why is the bus driver wearing black? Okay, anyone else? Yeah, Matt? Yeah? 
Yeah, great job. Thanks, Matt. So the first thing I said to you, having led you astray by telling you we were going to do maths this morning, is that you are the bus driver. So whatever colour sweater you have on this morning is the correct answer. Uh, If you were frantically uh, adding and subtracting, thinking I was going to ask the total people on the bus when it arrived in Solihull, I think the answer would have been 12. Is that where those of you that... (laughs) We can discuss that one over coffee. Uh, However, the correct uh, answer is whatever colour jumper you are wearing, because you are the bus driver. Aside uh, from the numbers and journey theme, I think that little puzzle actually really helps us to get to the heart of what the book of Numbers is all about. Us journeying with God and keeping our eyes fixed on Jesus Christ and God being faithful to us on the journey. So let me explain. Uh, Some of you, uh, very understandably, may have stopped following along with all the numbers in that puzzle, uh, either not keeping up with the comings or goings, or wondering how on earth uh, the 72 from Chelmseywood to Solihull was going to be relevant to a talk on the Bible. And the reality is, that's how many of us might feel about the Old Testament, and specifically a book like numbers. There's lots of lists, there's lots of uh, things that on first reading, in fact even on a hundredth reading, uh, are really quite random. Balaam's talking donkey uh, comes to mind. Uh, There are lots of things that don't make sense or that feel irrelevant or that we want to be distant and irrelevant. The themes of violence and vengeance repulse us. Yet at its heart, Where numbers begins and where numbers ends is with God and his people, with us. At the end of that little number puzzle, it was really all about ye. The answer was the colour of your jumper. Even when numbers feels hard going or irrelevant or far removed from us in time and place, at its heart, it's about God and his people, God and us, us journeying with God and keeping our eyes fixed on Jesus Christ and God being faithful to us on the journey. So in amongst all the things that might feel irrelevant or overwhelming when we're not keeping up with the comings and goings, let's not miss God's grace and the hope, the good news within numbers, uh, in amongst all those uh, names and numbers. So, four things I'd like to draw out of our passage this morning. Two things about God and two things about us. So, first thing about God. God is faithful. The setting for verse 1 of chapter 1 is that the Israelites are no longer in Egypt, but neither are they in the promised land. They're experiencing the blessings of salvation but haven't fully entered into them. Salvation has been accomplished, but not completed. Yet we see in chapter one, God's faithfulness to his promises. 430 years previous, 70 people 
uh, 70 people in Joseph and his family went into Egypt. And if we read on in Numbers chapter 1, we discover from the census that far more people are leaving Egypt than would have been expected, even taken into account at 430 years. Because the census tells us that there are uh, over 600,000 men of fighting age, plus women and children. So maybe a couple of million. And 430 years previously, uh, there were 70. And so the census here in chapter 1 shows us how God has kept the covenant he made with Abraham. That's back in Genesis 15, that his descendants will number more than the stars of the sky. We're beginning to see that work out. God is faithful to his promises. Just because something hasn't happened yet doesn't mean God doesn't keep his promises. God is working out his salvation plan and he's faithful to his promises in that. So that's the first thing about God. God is faithful. Second thing about God, God is present. This may seem obvious, uh, but where is God in chapter one? God is there giving instructions to Moses, instructing Moses on taking a census and organising the people for the journey. Counting the men of fighting age suggests the journey is not going to be easy. Why else would you need to count men of fighting age if there wasn't some expectation that there might be some challenges along the way? But God is there. God is with them. And if we read on in chapter one, we discover a whole tribe, uh, the Levites, are not to be counted because they are to have the role of looking after the tabernacle, the place of God's presence in their midst. On the journey, in the wilderness, in this in-between place where salvation has happened but has not been completed, where is God? God is present. So two things about God. God is faithful and God is present. The desert or wilderness is not a place to live or to thrive. It's a place that you pass through. And Moses and the Israelites at this point, they're fully expecting to pass through the wilderness. We know that the journey took 40 years, but they didn't know that when they set out. And sometimes in life, we can experience long seasons of feeling like we're in the wilderness, or perhaps for some of us, a lifetime of feeling like we're traveling through the wilderness. Through Jesus Christ, salvation has been accomplished, but this world is not our eternal home. Salvation has not been completed. Numbers points us to our eternal home with Christ and reminds us that God is faithful and God is present on the journey in the wilderness, in this in-between place where salvation has happened but has not been completed. 
So two things about God. Uh, Now two things about us. Uh, The first one, we need to fix our eyes on Jesus Christ to keep God at the centre as we journey through life. The tabernacle, the place of God's presence in the people's midst, is carefully arranged to be at the centre where everyone can see it. You'll need to read on in uh, chapter one uh, uh, to discover more about this. The tabernacle is carefully arranged to be at the centre as Moses is organising everyone for the journey. And it's arranged to be there so that everyone can see it. This is amazing that we have a God who longs to be present in our lives, to be the centre of our lives. But it's challenging too. Because we live in a world where perhaps more than ever, a whole host of things vie for our attention, vie to be centre of our lives. God organised his people in the wilderness with the tabernacle at the centre. What does it look like for Christ to be at the centre of each of our lives? What does it look like for our church to be putting Christ at the heart of our community. My experience, though, is that I can have Christ at the centre and then still look somewhere else. I can take something to God in prayer immediately and then immediately afterwards look somewhere else for the answer. It's not easy to have Christ at the centre and to keep fixing our eyes on Jesus Christ. Which is why, uh, second point about us, we need to do this together. Keeping Christ at the centre and looking to Christ isn't easy when you're journeying through the wilderness. Which is why there's a census in the first place. To organise everybody into different roles. And notice in verse 18, uh, the whole community is called together. It's not infrequently that I hear people describing themselves as feeling lost or describe our world as feeling lost. As Christians, we are called to be in the world, but not of the world. Just like everyone else, we are journeying through the ups and downs of this life, through the wilderness. But we do so knowing a God who is faithful to his promises and is at work by the power of his Holy Spirit. A God who is with us, who loves us, and who will complete his work of salvation. But it can be hard living out our faith, keeping Christ at the centre in a secular workplace or amongst non-Christian family and friends. Which is why we need each other as the body of Christ. How might we be able to play our part in encouraging one another to keep Christ at the centre? To remember that Christ, that God is faithful uh, to his promises. To keep Christ at the centre. To not be lost and wandering because we know where we're going. How can we encourage one another in that? So, Uh, In amongst all the names and numbers of chapter one, we're reminded that God is faithful. God is present. Uh, God wants us to keep him at the centre. 
And that's hard, so we need uh, to do this together. So if you didn't get any of the rest of what I've said, there are your four things for this morning. I personally uh, have found a lot of encouragement in numbers, and I hope you do too. And the reason is that in it, I see my humanity. I see my journey. I see my story. Times of obedience and times of rebellion. Times of following in faith and then doubting and wanting to go back. Times of things not working out in the way I think they should and deciding that I know better than God. And through numbers, God speaks his truth and his grace to me, calling me to repentance and bringing me back to himself. And my experience has been one that I'm always more free living in the boundaries of God's word than I am wandering around in the world making my own decisions. My prayer is that over the next couple of months, will discover afresh God's boundless grace that re- that's revealed in spite of us, in spite of me. Uh, and so I hope I've uh, inspired some hope in you that a sermon series uh, full of numbers and lists might actually have some uh, good news for us as we journey through it this Lent. Amen.